Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we flip the real estate status quo on its head and put loan officers into the driver's seat. We give you all the tools, strategies, resources, and mindset needed to modernize your mortgage business and thrive. And my name is Luke Shankula, AKA Longform Luke, and this is the Loans On Demand podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we help loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents and put loan officers in the driver's seat. And we have a good one today. I have Rebecca Richardson coming back on for the second time. And she is known as the mortgage mentor. She is a TikTok queen reels, all the short form content. And she got ahead of this uh, way. You know, she started this back in 2020, I believe, which is way ahead of everybody else. Now everybody's talking about shorts, reels, TikTok. So I'm excited to have her back on. Uh, learn about what she's doing these days. Thank you for coming, Rebecca. I appreciate you yeah. for being here. No, I, it's it's always good. I mean, I know we spent 20 minutes just chit-chatting and catching up before. So it's I'm I'm happy yeah. to, you know, always talk about this, but it's just good to see you and catch up. Yeah, absolutely. It's always it's always good to chat. And I know we we're just so busy these days, it's hard to catch up. So I'm glad we get to do this. But yeah. for anybody who doesn't know who you are, give us like a quick synopsis of who you are, what kind of got you into the industry. Yeah. And you know, kind of go from there. So I am based out of Charlotte, North Carolina. I land in a lot of states, but I'm, I'm based out of the Carolinas. And um, like everybody in the mortgage business, you know, I always dreamed of growing up and being a loan officer. Just kidding. Uh, started in actually 2001, um, kind of fell backwards into it because we had bought a home at 23, simply because of where we were. Uh, the rentals were a little scary and uh, we had the opportunity to use a VA loan, buy our first house. We did that, asked the realtor and I said, because I had had a history of working for a financial planner in college and financial planning as a military spouse does not work out so well because you, you're constantly moving. So you're having to re- reestablish your business. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, you helped us get a house to our realtor. Can you help me get a job? So he referred me over to a mortgage company went and interviewed and I said, I maybe could be a processor. I don't know what that is, but if you'll tell me what it is, I'll work hard and make you a lot of money. And the owner of the company said, so you want a job that is not available and you don't know what you're doing. And I was like, yes. And he said, can I talk to you about being an originator? (laughs) So basically it was a sink or swim, go meet people, bring back the loans. We'll help you figure it out. And that's how I got started. And fortunately I fell in love with it. I love the problem solving, the Rubik's cube aspect of it, you know, um, getting all those pieces and kind of putting them together. But I really love the human factor and learning people's stories and connecting with them and, you know, just sharing financial literacy, because most of what I learned, like a lot of us, I just learned through trial and error. And I know how many doors that can unlock and how that can make life easier in the long run, Um, having some of those secrets up front, so-called secrets. And you know, just that's been an ongoing part of my business. It's just, I really enjoy connecting with people and educating and and sharing that with them. And then we move into the business aspect of what I can do for them. But that's what I really start with is that educational piece one-to-one for for years and years and years. And then that, you know, just kind of morphed into doing video and then happening to listen to Gary Vee in 2019 and playing around with TikTok and lo and behold, on a quote unquote kids app, people were interested in mortgages of all things, because people are just interested in stuff that they don't know. And just leaning into that curiosity and, and building a community that way. I love it. I love it. And, I, love and it. I know uh, kind of the background of your story that 
wasn't it your your daughter that kind of turned you on to TikTok as well in terms of like this little dancing app or something like that a little bit? Yeah, later? yeah. So I had heard Gary Vee talking about it and I'm like, okay. And I mean, and I was kind of aware of it and I was aware sure. of it because at the time my stepson and daughter, both teenagers, you know, they'd like do these synchronized dances and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> or they'd have, you know, they'd be saying like the same little like sound clip as a joke, as an inside joke. And, you know, of course it came from TikTok and like any good parent, once they were already, you know, completely, you know, knee deep in the app, I was like, okay, show me, show me what it's about. So let me understand this playground, you know, that you're, that you're playing in. But really what attracted to me was from the standpoint of, I had been doing video on Facebook and on Instagram, you know, some, but it was all horizontal, right? So it was like horizontal orientation. I was using some video in emails to clients but not doing it, really not doing it for client attraction, just really doing more like evergreen videos of here's the next step for pre-approval. Here's what the next step is for disclosures or here are the different types of mortgage insurance, that kind of stuff. And when I saw how easy, because I mean, you know, I would shoot a video, I would shoot a video like this on my camera and I'd have to download it on the SD and upload it onto my computer. And then I have to edit it on my computer and then export it. And it was just it was really labor intensive. And that's the sure. thing is if it's not efficient, it's hard to scale or do that with any kind of consistency because I mean, let's be honest, we got a lot of other stuff that we've got to do. So doing like the fun video editing and stuff when it's not something that I'm good at or knew what I was doing was a big hurdle and is a hurdle for a lot of people. So it, you know, I had heard that it was a good app because of the editing, you know, and I'm sure. like, nobody's going to, I can make videos there. I can download them and I can share them on Facebook and Instagram. And so I had my daughter show me how to do it. So literally like sit down next to me. How do I edit clips? How do I use sound? How do I put text on the screen? All of that. And it just clicked. And then, so that was late 2019. And then obviously everything went haywire um, in March of 2020 and um, both in the outside world and then within the industry. And I, it turned into almost kind of like a cathartic, creative hobby because I mean, where am I going to go? (laughs) There's not that much I can do. You know, our industry is, is weird. Everything is crazy. Everyone's wanting to refinance. I didn't leave this office. It felt like, but at least that was something that I could do that felt like a brain break from the really analytical, all of that. And was something that, you know, could kind of replace the meeting for lunch, meeting for coffees. And again, just kind of poke fun at, the craziness that was going on around us. Um, and it just, it just really then started to kind of snowball from there. Sure. So when did you first start doing video in general? I would say it was 20, I think it's like late 2018, probably. Gotcha. Yeah. Probably mid, mid to late 2018. Gotcha. So 2018, 2019, you're doing kind of the standard videos, probably more of like mm-hmm. the YouTube type of content longer form potentially things like that like you talked about evergreen not that long long form because it's hard (laughs) well yeah for sure youtube's youtube's hard is something that i'm i'm looking to dabble into uh this year but it's it's hard because of yeah you do have to come up with so much content you know and and usually looking at 10 plus minutes of of content so it starts to get a little uh daunting which is why short form content is is so great and so in 2019 2020 you started getting into uh, TikTok reels, things like that. And I know at that time, because I know, because I interviewed you, I think, I don't remember when it was that we did that interview. It was probably late 2020, maybe uh, some, somewhere yeah, on then. Yeah. I know there was that sort of talk of like, Hey, just like with Facebook years ago, like, Oh, there's only kids on that app, right? There's only kids. So mm-hmm. why, why did you decide to 
stick with an app where that was kind of the the stigma and now obviously mm-hmm. in 2023 everybody's like oh yeah you go do reels do tiktoks you're getting so much business like why did you stick with it two three years ago side note sidebar um adhd side adventure um i saw um this meme one time that that cracked me up it, it says so i was telling my friend i saw this on a small documentary or on a short documentary and they said was it a tiktok and it was like like i said yes but it was a short documentary so everyone <laughs> likes tiktok because it's like it's, it's that curiosity factor, right? That like sure. the reason that people binge on YouTube, but unless it's something that you really want to go in depth in, right? Like how do I set up this camera setup or, you know, start to finish step by step by step. What is the mortgage process? Mm-hmm. Unless you're really in the mindset for it. And it's just kind of more something that you're dabbling in, or it's just like a light, you know, curiosity long form is, is hard to capture that attention because let's be honest, Although mortgages are very important, it's a huge piece of your financial picture and all of those things. And I personally find it interesting. I get that it's dry. Like I do. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a complex, boring topic to a lot of people. And it's like they only care about it if they're getting a house and maybe not even then. It's like, you know, here's the house and I'm focusing on that. And we're like, hey, here's the important financial part. And it's like, no, no, no. I want to look at the like, is the kitchen right? Like, I get it. Like, we're not right. the fun kid in the class. And so because of that, I think why short form or I think that that's why mortgage content does so well on short form is it's like instead of trying to build the whole house at one time you're just placing a brick you know brick on a brick and on brick and so by doing that and doing that consistently and doing that at scale you build a library of bingeable content that can get really hyper specific as well as being really general and it kind of if you if you're thinking about it like a sales funnel it it really can kind of fit that entire top to bottom Sure. Because it just sure. depends on, you know, taking it further based off of somebody's interest, you know, and where they are in their process. So, so now to address the ADHD, why did you stick with it at the beginning when, uh, uh, you know, it, it just didn't seem like it was the platform for the people that we were trying to target, right? Like you must have um, seen something in it or maybe you were just taking a gamble and it paid off. I don't know. At first it was, at first it was absolutely a gamble because it was just like, here's an easy way for me to create content to repurpose elsewhere. Right. So this is before, like, you could just download it and upload it. Yeah. And okay. Okay. there wasn't, wasn't any of this like throttling video views because it's got the watermark. It was literally just an easy free app that I could use to make video fun. Right. Um, and especially because it sounds and, you know, make jokes and makes all that sense. kind of stuff. Cause it wasn't all, it wasn't all like, um, edutainment type content, right? Like it wasn't all, Hey guys, here are the three things that you need to do on your credit. Sometimes it was just sure. making fun of the market, or maybe it was something funny about credit. Like it was like, don't buy a car, you know? So it was a mix of all of that. But why I stuck with it was because frankly, that's where I was getting my most engagement. Sure. You know, people would reference my videos on Facebook and Instagram, but I mean, if you, if you give a three minute video on new construction homes, it's like, pretty much have told you most of what you need, at least to like jump off and have a conversation from there. There's not a whole lot in the comments to be like, Oh, that's a good one. Or that's funny. Or this is what my experience is just not as, you know, exciting. And also because since at the time, you know, TikTok was only video and only sound on there were, it was before they were even captions. Um, you had to watch it with your sound on. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, that's why, you know, we believe so much in the power of video is because it builds those parasocial relationships. Right. So we, you know, get to know that person, we see their mannerisms and their voice and instantly it's going to be a stronger connection than a Instagram post or like an infographic or even a really pretty, you know, 
full Instagram aesthetic lay flat of your desk or, or flat lay of your desk and all that kind of stuff. It's a little bit more real, you know, it's, it's, it, it was very casual, right? So I could, I didn't have to make sure all my hair and everything. I could just show up with like, you know, a top bun after I went for my run and just be like, okay, guys, you have got to do opt out pre-screen unless you want every trigger lead lender calling you, you know? Sure. And, and because of that, I was getting more engagement and because people would ask me questions, it was like this, this little like sociological study because it told me what people wanted to hear. Versus me kind of being in my bubble and sort of having the curse of knowledge of this is what I think you should care about. This is what I think you should know. Or forgetting some of the stuff that I learned years and years ago of some of the basics of like, where and to whom do I make my first payment? You know, why do I have to sign multiple disclosures? Like all those things that people want to know. And so it was all that feedback back to me that just meant that it gave me ideas for more content. So it was, you know, putting things out there. And that's why I was called, I mean, still, I call TikTok like my lab because there's just such a massive volume of video on there. It's a great place to just see like, hey, does this resonate, right? So now I do that in a more strategic way. But at the time, you know, kind of doing that in an intuitive way Mm -hmm. to say, does this resonate? Is this something that, that people want to know more about? And then it would create a question and then I would create content to answer that question and then it just created that loop of people knew that they could trust me. They knew that I would shoot them straight, that I wasn't there to sell. I wasn't there to like give them some sort of like, you know, to spin it or a sales pitch. It's just like straight up. Here's the deal. You know, like FHA is a great loan. You're going to have mortgage insurance for life alone. Here's your exit plan from it. Don't get hung up on the MI if that's what gets you into a home. And here's why it matters. Right. So And I think it's just, it's just, it's a little bit different than a lot of times people in financial services feel like they have to sell, feel like they have to like do the Ben Franklin clothes or, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, people don't want that. Like we, we all primarily shop like millennials, regardless of what, you know, what cohort we're in, which is you want to do something. So you're going to research as much as you can until you get to the point that either you're overwhelmed and you can't really kind of sort through all the information to figure out what's real and what's not or you have a good sense of what's going to happen or what needs to happen, but you're not clear on how it applies to you. And it's at that point that somebody wants to reach out to a professional. So at that point, you know, the more and more informed that buyers become, which I think is fantastic, the less that they're going to fall for like a sales shtick. It's just sure. deals me straight, human to human, help me guide this through because you're an expert, but please don't act like, like, you know, people just kind of have this sense of like, where's the catch? How are you going to manipulate me in this? Or how are you going to hoodwink me? So if you just come at them very transparent, then you have a real connection. That's part of the reason I think it all clicked. Sure. And, and, and I mean, I, I've said this a couple of times, but like people don't want to be sold. They want to be understood at the end of the day. Right. And, and I think mm-hmm. yeah. the, the medium people try to sell in every medium and really the medium that you want to sell people on is like, okay, once they're on the phone with you, like, and you've understood their situation and their problem, that is when you sell them, right? That is when you're, you've actually identified. I mean, it's uh, one of my favorite uh, sayings is diagnosis without, pres- or, sorry, prescription without diagnosis is malpractice, right? So like, you don't just say, hey, you, you get a 30-year fixed to every single person that comes in. No, you have to understand their situation before you do that, right? And so, so many times people try to you know do that on platforms via text, on uh, their social media marketing, things like that, is they're trying to sell people via those mediums. And those mediums are not, we're selling people, we're marketing to people, we're, we're educating people, we're teaching them things, right? And right. 
I just thought that was a, it was a pretty good uh, concept you just talked about that people don't understand, right? And and I and I see it so many times because you go on people's social profiles and all they do is like they 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 think that by talking about only business that that's going to get them business. But we both know, yeah. I mean, be doing this long enough that that's probably the smallest piece of why people do business with you, right? They do business with you because right. they know who you are and they like who you right. are and they understand you. And and so video is the easiest way to do that. So how has this had yeah. an impact on your business? Just to kind of get some understanding of what it's um, done for you over the last couple of years. I, I mean, I feel like, I feel like it's pretty much impacted all aspects of my business, right? Everything from it's made my messaging better because mm-hmm. it gives me this direct insight into what people care about, what they want to hear about, what, re- what resonates, what doesn't. Um, it's, you know, allowed me to really refine, you know, outside, outside of kind of self-generated, you know, leads, contacts, clients from, through social media. It's allowed me to really refine my in-person relationships with realtors or other referral partners of like, okay, because mm-hmm. you can't be all things, all people. So who can I uniquely serve? Like who do, who do we click with? Like, I like them, they like me, they don't treat me like I'm the help or I'm a vendor that they see me as partner in this transaction on this team for this buyer. So that's been really great because I don't feel like I have to kind of go out and kiss the ring or kiss a whole bunch of frogs, you know, to like find the prince. It's allowed me to be in better control of my business because I'm not really dependent on other people to drive that business to me. And just, I mean, even from the standpoint of, it's, it connected me with my two business partners. So then we came together middle of last year, came from three different companies, joined one company together to develop, you know, cause, cause they're on TikTok as well. Similar sure. ethos for how we approach clients, how we approach this business. And that has allowed me to come together, build with them, which has allowed us to scale because it means that the three of us are able to, you know, really focus on what our strengths are, what we can deliver to our clients, what we can deliver to our teams, instead of trying to be the leader who has to be all things to all people. So yeah, I mean, it's just, it's really, it's really, I can't think of an aspect of my business that it hasn't touched, you know, just really understanding who I am, what I can bring to the market and doing that, you know, on primarily on TikTok and Instagram. I love it. It's had a a profound impact. I know you've got licensed in multiple new States. I know you've brought in a lot of business, you know, uh, direct to consumer, something we talk about consistently, because mm-hmm. I, I do believe that's the future or the presence of being an originator, right? Like the, you don't have yeah. to depend on the real estate agent to bring you all of the business. Is it important to have partnerships with real estate agents that do refer you business? 100%. That should be, right. you know, 50 to 70%, probably 50% of your business, right? You, you know, maybe depending on what your situation is, but it could be up to 50%, 60% of your business, but you should have some way to actually bring value to them. That's not, Hey, you know what? I'm going to bring you some coffee or something like that. Right. And and I love right. that you've done this. It doesn't have to be buying leads. You know, it's like, okay, you've done it by being able to be on social media, on TikTok, having your own organic presence. And it's funny to me because loan officers consistently say, well, you know, I have to go to the realtor because that's where the consumers go is to the realtor. It's like, well, yeah, the realtors get the consumer because the realtors market to the consumer. And loan officers don't, right? And so like that to me is like, you don't understand. They just do the work that you should be doing, right? Like you should be a partnership. So I love that you've done that. And I do think that, uh, you know, the impact getting out there and putting yourself out there on video goes beyond, like you said, it goes beyond just like, 
the people coming to you develop a better way to communicate because you have to learn to remove some of the ums and the ahs and the, you know, you're able to remove the filler words and things like that. But obviously you can mm-hmm. also clip things as well. So you don't have to be perfect either, uh, but it does right. allow you to, you to, should to learn see my outtakes. <laughs> I know. I know. It, it's, it's funny because I've done, it's, uh, someone was asking me the other day, it's like, oh, how did you get it to be like that? I'm like, I've done a th- like thousands of videos over the last five years, like yes. literally thousands yes. of videos. I've been on thousands of Zooms. I, I just understand what it takes. You should see some of my old videos. I, I love sending people my old videos and just saying like, check this out. Look how bad I was, right? And I still feel like I could get better. Always. I want to get into a little bit of uh, some tactical sort of, how do people get started using these mm-hmm. platforms? So two main mistakes that I see loan officers make in making their content and not even getting to the content. But the first one is, is that they say, I don't know what to talk about, right? Because we can talk about so much, but it's, it's the same kind of thing is I don't know what the, what people really want to hear versus what I know to share and all of that. And so I tell people, I'm like, look, here's a really super easy way, you know, put a question on Facebook, you know, what's preventing you from buying a house, right? So you do that. And then you've got all these things that it's like, okay, you're concerned about the market crashing. You're mm-hmm. concerned about the cost of it. You don't know how much it costs. Like right there, just answer people's questions. If you don't want to do that, you could, you just have to have your mind in the mindset of creating content. So that's sure. talking to a client and somebody asks a question. You're like, that's a good idea. I'm going to write that down. As an example, I've had a uptick of clients saying, Hey, if I, or I've delayed getting pre-approved because I don't know that I want to buy, I think I want to buy, but I don't want to be pressured and I don't want it to hurt my credit. And the overarching theme was if I get pre-approved and I basically don't use that pre-approval, right? It ages out. Then does it ding my credit somehow? Like, is there a derogatory mark that I didn't use the pre-approval? And I was like, first thought of that. I mean, because I mean, I know that it doesn't, but that doesn't mean that they don't know that it doesn't. And so I was able to create a video that answered that and just told, literally told the story. I was talking with a client. This was her question. And I thought if she had the question, I've heard it a couple more times, y'all might have the question. So let's talk about it. It can literally be as simple as that. Think about the questions you have in real life. Think about the questions that you have on social media and put it in video. Again, because of what we talk about is not the most exciting. You can do longer videos for sure. But I think ideally, if you're trying to build, you want to keep it under 30 seconds if possible. You don't need to start off with the, hi, I'm Rebecca, the mortgage mentor. No, 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 no. So that leads into the second thing. Loan officers have got to learn. It is not about you. It is about your clients and about what they need. You are not doing this to try to get a lead because if you do it with that energy, you will come off with commission breath. You will come off fake. You need to do this from the right place of you are just, it is our duty to share the information that we know with our communities, to help our communities, to help those families. So, you know, it is not about you and the way that you, so that's, that's the mindset for it. But the way that you do it strategically is understanding what a hook is. So a hook is not, I'm Rebecca, the mortgage mentor, people swipe, right? So a hook is going to be in the first three seconds. And you want to make sure that it is something engaging, something that speaks to that specific person. And honestly, yes, it's great to do general videos, but it's also really good to do hyper niche videos. Because if somebody, you know, if I do a video and I say, let's see, how would I phrase it? If you're trying to buy a house for your elderly parent, I can show you a way that you don't have to buy it as an investment, or I can show you how to buy a house for your parent with a low down payment. And then we can get into the family opportunity mortgage and all that kind of stuff. And yes, you get into all the little, you know, nerdy, boring stuff around the mortgage. But if, if I'm a person that wants to do that, because that's my family situation, it's something I want to do, but I don't want to put 15 or 20% down. I don't want a high rate, la, 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 la. 
and somebody gives me an answer, like I can, I know that you have a problem and I've got a solution for you. And here's the direct solution. It creates a very powerful connection. So those are kind of my two things is one, just start to brainstorm and answer the questions that you're already being asked in real life. Don't, Don't let that be a hurdle. And understand, and you can you can search up videos, you can search up articles, learn how to do a good hook because you need to grab their attention in the first three seconds. And talking about yourself is not going to do it. It's going to make them spike. I love it. And so to touch on both of those points, I mean, the, the first thing is the hook, right? I mean, you have to think like a marketer first, and you have to think like, what's in it for me? I always think I always run all of my marketing through what is the consumer, who's the person that I'm putting this out for, whether it be a realtor or whether it be a, a consumer. You want to make sure that you're gearing that hook, that first couple seconds towards them and also using language they understand. I had a, a buddy of mine who yes. was oh, yeah. showing me a reel. It sounded great. It looked great. The, the quality was great. But the first couple seconds talked about CPI. And I said, what's CPI? Done. I know what CPI Done. is. Yeah. I said, right. I know what CPI is, but the consumer doesn't, right? You can talk about CPI at some point in the video, but it cannot be in your first three seconds. That first three seconds is like, right. here's why, you know, here's why, you know, rates might go down tomorrow and then go into it. Right. Like something like that. Right. Like, and that's the hook. It's essentially clickbait. Let's just be honest. It's essentially clickbait, but you deliver on the clickbait. That's where I think that like the clickbait, you know, I don't know what language we can use on here. So I'll just say that's why clickbait irritates everybody, but it's because it's meant to drive that emotional reaction. And then you follow it through and you're like, this is a whole pile of nothing. Like you just wasted my time. So, you know, whether it's a hook, whether it's clickbait, whether it's, you know, an engaging topic, you know, whatever it is, deliver on it. Like when I, I was early to talk about the 2-1 buy down and had a video blow up about it because people were like, what is she talking about? Because that's, you know, rates were still really high. And it was like, there's an answer, right? I've got that solution to their problem. They don't want to buy because the payments are more than they want to spend. Can they qualify for them? Sure, but they don't like how it feels. So here's a solution to make it better. And... I talked about it from the standpoint of later on, I explained, I was like, it's called a two on buy down. But I basically said, essentially, like, here's a way that the seller can subsidize or here's a way that the seller can cover part of your payment for the first few years. So even though rates are high, you don't have to pay a payment associated with those higher rates. And it was like, okay. And that's, that's what you have to think is you have to stop thinking like a loan officer and you have to think about a first time home buyer, or you have to think about you know, your friend down the street who you're at a neighborhood barbecue, you're not going to, I mean, some people will, but we're not going to be standing around talking for long, but you know, you're not going to stand up there and just like spout off industry lingo or, you know, the way that when we loan officers get together, the conversations that we have, you're not marketing to other loan officers. You need to market to somebody who does not know what you're talking about and explain it in don't dumb it down, but just use everyday language Yes, later get into the technicals for sure, but just use everyday language and make it make sense for them. Love them or hate them, Trump is a master communicator, right? And people like to, you know, again, love him or hate him, but he understands that the average person, if you communicate at a fourth grade level, you're actually going to reach more people and have more impact. So thinking about it from that perspective of like, how do I, and again, we're not dumbing down the language, we're just making it relatable to them because they don't understand ETI, CPI, LTV, words like that. And so using words that make sense to the average consumer that doesn't understand the complexities of the mortgage, they already think that the mortgage process is complex. So you start don't using make those it, words. Don't gonna, make it harder. <laughs> right, right. You're going to literally scare them. You're going you're to educate yes. them into not buying. 
Right. And so that's that balance of like, okay, let's not scare them into not buying. Let's show them why they should be buying and show why it's not as complicated as they think. And to touch right. on like your, your first point, you talked about, you can use like people are talking to you every single day. If you're still stuck, there's a couple of different tools. I know you probably, you've talked about this in the past, which is I think answer the public or ask the public. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, a good there's one. GPT. Yeah. So there's a couple of different ways. If you're, if you're struggling to come up with ideas as to what you should be talking about, and like, you really can't think of anything that your customers are asking, which, which is crazy. But if you can't, there's tools, chat GBT, that'll, you can put in information say, Hey, like, you know, what are 10 things that a consumer doesn't know. know about the mortgage, right. Or, you know, things like yeah. that. They'll give you these topics and you can create your own things off of those topics. Same thing with, uh, was it asked the public? Uh, you can go in there and see yep. what are people actually searching for? Uh, you can go into Google and you can put in like, mortgage, you know, what is a mortgage, whatever. And then you, that's the type of stuff people are typing in there. So there's a lot of different tools. If you can't think of anything, there's a lot of ways. Don't let that be something that hinders you from putting out content. Uh, there's a lot of resources out there that, that can help you get that, those ideas. To kind well, of I think close it's also out, because people, okay. oh, I was just going to say, I think it's also because when people say, I don't know what to talk about. They think about like, okay, if I'm going to talk about variable income, right? Like instantly every loan officer is going, well, I could talk about commission. I can talk about, you know, there's overtime, there's bonus, like loan program, like stop. You don't have to say all of it, right? Like give, yes, mm-hmm. give a complete answer. You don't have to break down all of the handbooks in one video. So it could be, Hey, you know, if, if, if you have variable income, that means, you know, overtime bonus commission, your qualifying process is going to be a little bit different on average. You'll probably have to have about two years either in the field or in the role, but just know that if you don't, it may still be possible to buy. I can help you give me a call. Like it's that simple. And then you can get into how commission gets calculated for FHA, how commission gets calculated for VA. Like it does not all have that. And that's where I think that people, when they say that they, I don't know what to talk about, they think that they have to give the three, four minute answer when a client right. says, right. should I go with FHA or VA? It's like, yes, that can be a video, but you don't have to you don't have to do all of that. That could be three videos, four videos, whatever. And then you've got a series and it's more digestible for the client because they're not going, sure. you know, they're like being lulled hose, to sleep with a whole bunch of guidelines. Yeah. 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 Water hose to the face of information. And, yeah. and again, I mean, going back to this idea of like, you don't want to confuse your, your prospects and your, and your potential clients into not buying because you've overwhelmed them. Right. So it is, there's a reason why it's 30 to 90 seconds. Right. Um, I think you can mm-hmm. do longer ones now, but yeah, 30 seconds, yeah. 60 seconds, talk about one topic. And then again, talk about that hook, right? Like looking to buy a house, but have variable income looking to buy a house, but you know, you have different income every single month. Here's what you need to do, or here's what you need to know. And that's like a hook, right? Yeah. So just something simple yeah. like that, starting with that. And that's going to specifically call out that person. They're going to be like, okay, if they're that person, they're going to keep listening. If they're not, they're going to swipe. Who cares? Right? Like, but that's not what you're trying to do. Last right. real quick to try to wrap things up. I know you, you got to yeah. run here, but so let's say someone wants to get started. I think one of the biggest things for people who are getting started is getting started. Is there any equipment, anything like that, that people need to get started or, or what do you sort of suggest in, in the beginning? Cause I know you have some nice setups now, you got some cool backgrounds, all that kind of stuff, yeah. but I know that's not how it started. So, so what would you suggest in that regard? You can literally just get started with your phone. Don't overcomplicate okay. it. Don't, you know, procrastinate by preparation, right? So good lighting helps, but you can get good lighting in your car um, or you can get good sure. lighting outside. So you do not have to overcomplicate it. Talk to, create the videos like you are FaceTiming with a friend, right? Talk through the phone to who you're trying to talk to. to. Don't talk at them. Don't put on your radio voice, you know, whatever. So it's just as easy with your phone. 
beyond that, you know, it is good to have a ring light. You can get one for 20, 25 bucks on Amazon. It's super easy. You get one with a little phone stand. That way it makes your eyes all pretty and your skin look good and everything's great. And you can be hands-free so you don't have to, you know, hold it. And I would say using, it does help sound quality. People like good sound. It doesn't have to be like a full, you know, microphone like we've got here. Right, right. Um, but same thing is you can use the headphones that used to come with their phones. Um, right. You know, just good old, you know, white head, you know, white plug-in headphones. You can get um, what's called a lavalier. Again, it's probably 10, 12 bucks. Excuse my dog. Hope my microphone doesn't pick that up. But, you know, you can get a lavalier where it plugs into your phone. It's a little microphone. You clip it on your shirt. You can do those wireless and a microphone and or microphone, however you do it, and a ring light. And you're really good because that's that covers the main thing that sometimes people, you know, the, the picture quality isn't good because the light isn't good or the sound quality isn't good because maybe it's noisy or it's outside and it's windy. 40 bucks and you've got more than you need to actually create a great video. Really, what people want is they want connection. They want you to be human. So don't yep. get all jazzed up in the backlighting or a neon back sign or whatever. People really don't care about it. It's a nice vibe, but it's definitely not needed. Well, and, and I actually think it, it can potentially hinder it if yeah. all your videos are like that, because like they're, it's not as relatable as someone who's like, again, you talked about like just getting done with a workout and talking about something and like just yeah. having that, that actually does bring a different element of sort of relatability to people. So understanding that there's a reason for both setups, right? Having the professional background is going to elevate you from a, from a business perspective, but also having the other thing is going to elevate you from a human perspective, which we want both, right. both elements there. And, you know, using things like portrait on your phone uh, is going to give you that cool little blurred background without having to buy mm -hmm. fancy camera equipment. You know, like you said, there's 20 to 40, 50 bucks. You can have good sound and, you know, good enough, you know, lighting, right. You can get into yeah, the hole sure. and go, go 10, $20,000 worth of equipment, but it doesn't make that big of a difference in terms of conversion and, and reach and views and things like that. So don't, don't worry about it. It really doesn't. I think, I think those of us that kind of get into it, it's more just because it's something, it's a hobby. It's something yeah. for us to tinker with. It's like, Ooh, let me try this out. Let me test this out. It's not a necessity. Cool. Anything that you'd uh, kind of like to end with uh, anything, any sort of strategies, tactics, anything that you would say uh, for people that are looking to get started today? I think really just kind of what we discussed. I mean, don't, don't overcomplicate it. Get started. You know, everybody goes, I hate my voice. I hate how I look on camera. Yeah. Everybody says it. It's because we look differently to ourselves in the mirror and we hear ourselves differently when we talk. So just mm -hmm. get past it because people know what you look like. They know what you sound like. They love you anyway. So get over yourself and just do it. And you have to be willing, creating content and putting it out there is vulnerable. And you have to understand. And a lot of times it's not strangers, although strangers can be mean on the internet. But a lot of times people fear judgment from their friends because like, oh, sure. you're doing something new. Well, we're supposed to, we're supposed to evolve, right? So if you can kind of get your head right around that, as far as the vulnerability around, you know, just kind of seeing yourself on camera and doing all that, just get started because you have to be willing to be uncomfortable and be bad at it so you can get good at it. And it is a repetition game. So don't procrastinate, don't delay. You've got good information to share. It needs to be out there for your community. It's very impactful on your business you know, would love to connect with you on, you know, either Instagram or TikTok. The only thing I ask is say hi, comment every now and again, because <laughs> a lot of loan officers I know follow me and then they watch and they don't comment. It's like, guys, mm -hmm. like you're messing with my algorithm. But I know you're stealing hi. my like, content and then you're not going to say hi, right? Listen, here's the <laughs> other thing. People are also worried. They're like, oh my gosh, somebody stole my content. It's like, look, if somebody is tracking you that hard, 
it's okay because they can't make their next move until you make yours. But if you are stealing somebody's comment or content or whatever, it's good to get inspiration. Like there's that book, Steal Like an Artist. It's good to get inspiration from other people, what they're talking about or maybe their method. But like, for God's sake, just do it your way. Don't copy somebody else because it's just it's just fake. And it's, it's not going to be effective. You might think that it's great because maybe my video did well, but my video did well because I delivered it like me. Take the ideas, take the concepts and deliver it like you. So you can actually connect with your community. That's the whole point. It's social first, social media. It's social first, be social, be personal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Use your own scripting and use your own. I mean, cause the truth is like, it's not really any original content anymore. Right. I mean, everybody, everything that has been, you know, like, that will be said has been said on social media. It's just being delivered in different ways by different people. And so if you just think about exactly. it that way, you're, you're going to deliver. And it's, you talked about uh, video being vulnerable. I literally didn't run video ads for years because of that very thing. Cause I know, I mean, especially when you run ads on social media, like you get so much hate in the comments. Oh, you move your hands too much. Oh, you're talking too fast. Oh, you're breathing into the microphone. Oh, this, that, the other, you're walking. It's like middle that school, that but anonymous. Yeah, well, it's not even anonymous. You can see their profiles. Like That's they see true. who you are. Like it's like, dude, I can literally see you. Um, and and I had one person say that uh, you know, they, they said, Oh, you're some guru walking in front of your grandma's house. I said, Oh my, that was probably one of my, my favorite burns, to be honest. But uh yeah, it mine that, was that I had happen. big hands. I was like oh. literally like made it all the way through high or middle school, high school, and all kinds of you know, mean kids, and never have been told that I had big hands, but thank you for that re- realization. And I was like, Okay. Yeah, huge, huge. It's all right, just Put it out there. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, so if someone does want to connect with you, where's the best place to connect with you? I'm assuming Instagram, TikTok. What's so, um, I will you? say I, I don't have my DMs open on TikTok because t- uh, TikTok's DMs uh, are trash. So if you want to reach out sure. to me, best thing to do is reach out to me on Instagram. I'm the mortgage mentor, but it's the dot mortgage mentor. So just look me up there. Shoot me a DM. Always love to connect. Anything I can do to help, please ask. And that's um that's very good. Sounds awesome. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for being here. And for everybody who's listening, I, I mean, you know, the, the biggest thing that that I kind of got from this is, is just start doing video, right? Just do it because you you get to build that relationship or the parasocial relationship with people much faster than via any other format, right? Even if you do do mm-hmm. text posts and things like that, video just allows people to know who you are because it can tell based off of the mannerisms and the way you deliver and things like that who you are as a person. It's it's an interesting sort of thing. So just doing it and then, you know, maybe sometimes taking a risk and, and getting ahead of the crowd. I mean, I know Rebecca, you got you got ahead of the crowd and you know, we're able to profit greatly off of off of yeah. you know taking a risk and uh and and doing something that was a little bit strange and and kind of you know not not the thing right now everybody's talking about it and you're like well I've been talking about it for three years so look at that so look at that trendsetter right exactly that's that's who you are right Rebecca with the good hair and uh you know the TikTok queen right so all those good things so thank you so much for being here and for everybody who's My listening pleasure. if you if you do uh have any questions or if you are interested in learning how we can help you flip the status quo on real estate agents, go to flipthestatusquo.com. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. Thank you for tuning into the Loans On Demand podcast on loansondemandpodcast.com. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.